Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you purchase supplies for a small to mid-sized business, Zorro.com, Z-O-R-O.com is your go-to resource. At Zorro, you'll find all the things that keep a business running, no matter what kind of business you're in. Zorro offers tools, safety equipment, cleaning, maintenance supplies, office and shipping, automotive, industrial equipment, and more, including the specialty items you can't find anywhere else. Whether you're shopping for an office, a factory, a contracting business, a machine shop, a sports talk radio show, you can get exactly what you need. And when you shop at Zorro, you'll find brands that you already know and trust, like 3M, Prestone, Stanley Black & Decker, Schneider Electronic, Rubbermaid, all all at competitive prices. And if you want fast, free shipping, it's yours when you spend $50 or more. And if you have a question, a return, or need help finding exactly the right item, count on Zorro's customer service team based right here in the United States. Visit Zorro.com slash Dan. That's Z-O-R-O dot com slash Dan. And sign up for Zmail and get 15% off your first order. Zorro.com, all you need to make your business go. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. I say, this is just a scumbag generation. This is Dan Patrick. Well, you asked for it and you got it. The Astros met with the media. You had two players, Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve. They read statements. If I was going to sum up what they did in one word, it would be whiff. Or the whiff, two words. Yeah. A swing and a miss. Hee-haw. I get rung up by... They, they spent 88 seconds. They get run up by the uh, umpire there. But their owner, Jim Crane, he had a lot to say. And then I guess the new GM is going to have something to say. I don't care what the new guy has to say. He wasn't there. Dusty Baker was there. He wasn't there as the manager. But uh, the Astros GM, the new GM, is going to speak in the 11 o'clock Eastern hour. Here is the owner of the Astros, Jim Crane. Say to the Yankees and teams that you beat in 17. Listen, the, the Yankees have had a few comments out there. Um, you know, our opinion is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. And then four minutes later, he said this. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. <laughs> yes, you did. Well done by the reporter. Yes, you did. I would play Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve's comments, their statements, but they really didn't say anything. Alex Bregman said they learned from this. I don't. What did you learn? We we didn't cheat well enough because you can't say we didn't know that it was wrong by cheating. Yes, he. We learned maybe having the monitor in the hallway is a bad idea. Uh, no, we we learned that banging that drum. Now that was probably a big mistake. Learned that drum's a little too loud, a little too obvious. And then the hindsight. A couple of these players were like, "We did not use buzzers. We did not have buzzers." Like, oh, okay, all right. Well, you, okay. Now we're going to back off a little bit. So you just just cheated a little bit here. You didn't use the buzzards there. Yeah, Paul. I learned that we should have all of our players sign an NDA before they leave our team and get traded to another team and do interviews and sell us out. On- oh, it was painful. Painful. Here's uh, Carlos Correa of the Astros on, did anybody wear buzzers? 
That's a lie. Nobody wore uh, buzzers. Nobody wore devices. The story should be killed already because um, we know for sure, for a fact, 100% as a team. And I can tell you, this story keeps coming out. And uh, if I'm lying here, I will lose credibility if something like that comes out. And that's not what I want to do. You guys know me. Um, I want to speak the truth um, every time I'm talking to you guys. And it's, it's just straight up false. Nobody wore anything. 2018, nothing. 2019, nothing. 2017, nobody wore devices either. Um, it was just, you know, what was out on the report. All right. I don't know if anybody has any credibility here when it comes to I'm telling the truth. Just saying. Oh, Jared Diamond of the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal has done a great job covering this. And uh, Jared joins us live on the scene at the ballpark in uh, West Palm. How would you recap the last two hours, Jared? Uh in some ways, surprising, and in other ways, not surprising at all. What's not surprising is the players of the Astros uh, apologized for a lot, but didn't ever say what exactly they were apologizing for. They offered no specifics, just sort of general remorse for something they did in 2017. What was shocking, I think, to everybody here was Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, going out there and being emphatic about how he does not believe that this helped the Astros, that it had no bearing on them winning the World Series. He was asked to sort of uh, elaborate on that comment twice in his press conference, and both times he just plowed straight ahead. So I, I think it is stunning that they're out here apologizing, yet there doesn't seem to be much sort of recognition about the championship itself, which is what this is all about. Yeah, but Jared, is this owner delusional or lying? <laughs> He kept referring to Manfred's report. Commissioner Manfred's report would said this, that, and the other. Well, all Man- Rob Manfred has said is he's not stripping the title. He hasn't said anything about sort of the extent to which it helps. But look, they did this hundreds and hundreds of times over the course of the season. I, I promise you, if it were not helping, they wouldn't have kept doing it. That's just common sense. Why didn't he punish his own players? You, you fire your, your manager and you fire your GM. And if it, this had no impact on winning the World Series, why were they fired and you did nothing to your players? Yeah, he was asked about that a lot. He, again, kept referring back to Rob Manfred's decision not to punish players. But what, what I think rang hollow about that is that we know that a main reason why players weren't punished was because MLB made a deal with the MLBPA not to punish players so that they would be able to get players to talk. And we can debate whether or not that was the right decision by the league, but it's the decision they made, and I understand why they made it. So for Jim Crane to say, well, the commissioner said that he he decided not to punish players, it's not quite as simple as that. And I think it's a fair question, and Jim Crane just kept saying, well, this this is what the commissioner said, and I agree with him. Do you think that Altuve and Redick were wearing a wire or buzzers? Look, I have no evidence to believe that is true. We've all seen that Jose Altuve video in 2019. It's really weird. But so far, that's just been the realm of conspiracy theories. And I have no reason to think otherwise. I will say, though, there's been a lot of weird things in this story that a month ago or two weeks ago I would have said is crazy that uh, turned out to be true. So maybe we'll find out different. But at this moment, I, I really have no reason to believe it's true but it is a good conspiracy theory though i was wondering if this owner let's say his players were guilty of using steroids would he have blamed the needle would he have blamed a doctor the training staff he wouldn't have he wouldn't have blamed the players he would have said well they were led down the wrong path or something (laughs) 
Yeah, he, it, that you might be right. And the other thing he did a lot today was really put all the blame on Jeff Lunau and AJ Hinch. He said, well, I fired those guys. They were the leaders. They were responsible. But what he didn't say, those guys have bosses too, and their boss was you. Jim Crane <laughs> is the owner of the organization. He made it very clear that he does not think that he deserves any sort of culpability for this at all. It's the people who just work directly underneath him. If I said you got one question you can ask to anybody involved in this, who would it be and what would you ask? <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, Jose Altuve, were you actually wearing a buzzer, right? That's still the <laughs> question we all want to know. Well, yeah, I don't think he'll ever answer it truthfully, but if we could make him answer that question truthfully, give him some truth serum, were you wearing a buzzer? God, I would, love, I would love to hear an honest answer one way or the other from him. Is this story over now? I think the Astros want you to think it's over. Uh, they probably wanted this to be over a month ago, and yet we have new revelations coming out constantly. So, no, I don't think it's going to be over yet. If, if nothing else, it's going to be a huge story when they go on the road all season. How are pitchers going to respond? Are they going to throw at them? Other players have not taken to this kindly. You don't often see players are throwing under other players under the bus or criticizing under the player, other players. They're usually pretty sort of in solidarity with each other. This situation's been different. Other players from other teams have made it very clear that they are upset about this. And I think it's going to be just a wild scene when they go on the road. And frankly, and I also believe if there is any more sort of nefarious activity that hasn't been uncovered, it will be eventually because it, if something is true, it has a way of eventually coming out. Jared, thanks for joining us. Uh, the Wall Street Journal's done a great job covering this story. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. That's uh, Jared Diamond, Wall Street Journal baseball reporter down there with the Astros. I don't know what the uh, Astros fans are saying. Like, it's so weird that you want to be so proud of your team and you want to celebrate, and then you're almost like, ah. And I noticed this with USC grads after the the, uh, academic scandal, the admission scandal. Uh, Penn State uh, students with what happened there with Sandusky. Uh, Michigan State fans with what happened with the uh, gymnastics situation. Like, you're, you're embarrassed to fly the colors there a little bit. Todd's wearing his Astros shirt there. <laughs> I am. And yeah. I was, like, ripping them several times before and after the press conference. That's all right. Yes, Paul. Baseball writer named Diamond is like a football writer named, named Gridiron. <laughs> Steve Gridiron from NFL Network. I mean, that's too perfect. Jared Diamond. Chris Bullpen. Let's go see what he's got. What, how perfect is that? It's like so, me working in the beer industry. Like somebody in lane violation right. covering the NBA. Yeah. Ted three seconds yeah. in a lane. <laughs> Uncommon. Teddy three seconds. <laughs> Teddy travel. <laughs> Jared Diamond. Oh, man. I didn't know what we were getting today. I got more than I thought we were getting from the Astros. The gift that keeps on giving. I, I, I love talking baseball. See? <laughs> I told you. I love talking baseball. It's maybe not as much during the season. Yes. This is like one of the most unintentionally hilarious yeah. shows we've had hilarious. in a while. Yeah, I know. Who knew? This yeah. is going to be so great. I know. All right. Um, I saw this story, and we've done this before where we've asked a coach, manager, when they've moved on from another team, what are you doing with all your gear? Ron Rivera and his family moving from Carolina to Washington, D.C. after nine years with the Panthers. He has a boatload of team gear cleaning out his closet for a good cause. According to the Charlotte Observer, 
the new head coach is hosting a yard sale on Saturday at the Humane Society of Charlotte to get rid of his Panthers clothing and memorabilia collected during his time in Carolina. The sale will benefit the Humane Society's We Are Family Capital campaign. Campaign. Why don't you get a universal charity where all of the coaches, like Mel Tucker just left Colorado, then he donates all of his gear to a, a, a charity. Ron Rivera is doing that. When a coach leaves a team, you know, you, you, you got Mike McCarthy, who's not going to be wearing his Packer gear, so you donate that. To everybody has a singular charity that they can all funnel their clothes to, and it raise it would raise millions of dollars there. Yeah, Paul. Should Ron Rivera wait two years and just do the the one with the Redskins as well at the same time? Wow, you've got him on the clock for two years based off the Redskins, not him. Oh, I want I I'm curious what the Redskins do with that second pick. I now if you're if you if you got Dwayne Haskins and you're sold on Dwayne Haskins because now you have a new head coach who comes in and says. Uh, so that's my that's my quarterback, huh? I'm going from Cam Newton to Dwayne Haskins. And Haskins had moments at the end of the year. You know, that you Jay Gruden didn't want to put him in because he wasn't ready. Now, we the media wanted to see because Daniel Jones was going to play. Well, Dwayne Haskins has got to play. Dwayne Haskins looked like he was not ready to play. Is he your franchise quarterback? And how long do you wait before you move on from something like that? The Bears got to stay with Mitchell Trubisky for this year. And then that's it. Do the Redskins, they give Dwayne Haskins this year? How much progress do you need to see? Like Tampa stayed with Jameis Winston all five years. Marcus Mariota with uh, the Titans. It feels like you're, you're waiting because they're a bargain, even if they're not a starter or shouldn't be a starter. But I wonder about some of these teams. I still go back to the five-year deal. If I can't find my quarterback, I have no problem getting rid of that quarterback. And then I start the, I, I hit the reset on the five-year window to build a team. Because quarterbacks are always going to cost you more money. Detroit, with that situation with Matthew Stafford, can you move on? I know you take a cap hit. If I said, we're going to put Tua in a uniform, and now you got five years to build. If I'm Matt Patricia, I would love to have that. I know it's going to hurt with the uh, you know the cap hit, but this is what teams are doing. They're looking for their quarterback. You know the Bengals will have a five year window with Joe Burrow. Yeah, Paul. In hindsight, would, is it fair to say that the Arizona Cardinals made the right decision letting Josh Rosen go and drafting Kyler Murray? Yeah, completely right. Oh yeah, everyone agrees. So based off that, they have similar rookie stats: Dwayne Haskins and Josh Rosen. You have the number two pick. You can take Tua, who, when healthy, was going to be the number one pick in the draft, mm. without trading anybody. He's in your, or you can stay with the hand you've been you dealt yourself with Dwayne Haskins. If you think Tua is your guy, okay, that's all. If there is a you know someone's done it before. If you say if the Redskins would say, "Hey, Tua is our guy," first of all, I, I never trust ownership there. It just doesn't feel – if ownership – if Daniel Snyder said, hey, I know Dwayne Haskins. I believe he went to school with my son and he's – or my daughter and he's going to be our next quarterback. And I want you to draft him. Okay. Because I don't think the Giants were going to take Dwayne Haskins. As much as he says that, my source said the Giants were not going to take Dwayne Haskins. 
Now, Ron Rivera comes in as the new head coach. I'd like to know that first meeting when I come in, how attached are we to Dwayne Haskins? That'd be my first question. Because he's not my guy, he's your guy. Cliff Kingsbury came in and said, I want my guy in here. I want Kyler Murray. Ride or die with my guy. And that's what I would want to do if I'm Ron Rivera. Because Ron Rivera is a great hire for Washington. But how much control does he have here? Because it never feels like that Washington head coach has complete autonomy here. But if you think that two is your guy, then go get him. Somebody is going to go get him. Absolutely. Now, maybe you can hold out, and maybe you could get somebody to go up there and get it, and you could get you know, a couple of first-round draft picks, and then you could help build your team. Great. All for that. But if you think if you're sold on Dwayne Haskins, then this is a moot point. Then I would take Chase Young. Unless somebody says, We want to go up to two. We want and you'll drop back to six. Let's say the Chargers want to go up there, which I don't rule that out. Although, uh, let me see. I think their GM was on with uh, Petros and Money on KLAC yesterday. Let me see. Is it uh, Tom Telesco? And uh, here's Tom Telesco with uh, Petros and Money on AM570. We do like our internal options right now. Tyrod Taylor is a player that's, that's won in this league. You know, we think he has a style that, that can fit what we do. And, you know, we have some high hopes for Easton Stick. You know, Easton's still a young quarterback that has a little ways to go. But, uh, no, we have a lot of, lot of confidence in Tyrod Taylor. He's saying the right things. I don't believe him. Because if they have an opportunity, are they going to take a quarterback? If Tom Brady says he wants to go there. Now, he can't say any of that because you can't tamper. But he's, he's saying all the right things. So it, there, there's not a lot of substance, not a lot of juice with that answer. Yeah, McLevin. There's a lot of like scuttlebutt that Anthony Lynn wants a mobile quarterback because he, he, was, he just had rivers. You really well, Tyrod wanna... Taylor's mobile. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that why Taylor or Cam or somebody who's had <laughs> experience running. Yeah. Not After Phillip Rivers, every quarterback that's is more true. mobile. Except one. All of them. Tom. Uh, Tom. Hashtag Tom. He was yeah. better in the pocket. I'm not sure that he wants to go from Philip Rivers to an old guy. That's what I'm saying. I, I think an, he's... An older guy. Yeah, an older guy. Well, the oldest guy, Brady. Fritzy, Fritzy is more mobile than Philip Rivers. Wow. Are we sure Rivers is not as mobile as Brady? I mean, Brady... Yeah, Brady moves in the pocket, but he is really unmobile. Whenever I see Brady run, I always think of the guys like cross-country skiing, where they're, they're running... They're, they're kind of laboring with their poles and their skis, and they're just, just they look awkward when they're running. Okay, if we had a race, I got Eli, Brady, Rivers, Big Ben. He moves, more, he looks slower than he actually is because he's got <laughs> big head syndrome. He used to be super fast. Well, I know. He was a, a legitimate tight end yeah. prospect, but. If we, I think Eli is sneaky fast. Oh, no, 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 no. You no, mean no. for a Manning? <laughs> I think Eli is faster than those guys. I don't know why. I really do think that Eli is a little faster than Brady and Rivers. Okay, the longest career run out of Brady, Eli, and Phillip Rivers. Brady is 18 yards. Okay. Oh, and, ooh, Brady's, I think, Eli's 18 yards. Hold please. I thought Brady had a longer run. I think he just had one recently. Didn't he just Didn't he have, have like a 30, 33 yarder or something? Well, I crazy? don't know. That seems like a long ways to go. <laughs> yes, Paulie. 
Uh, longest run for Tommy. 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 22 yards in 06. Uh, okay. He had a 17-yarder in 2019. You prorate that with his age. That's like 75 yards. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's like a punt return. Longest run for Philip Rivers. Probably minus four. Hold on. Wow. I got 40 times, too, from the combine. That's fun. 40, 40 times are silly. Who Eli's way faster than those guys yeah. at 40. Yeah, but they, all those things are silly. And that's before TB12 method was invented. Yeah, so. I like no. He probably Brady probably runs his forty faster now than he did when he came in. It's pliability. Because yeah, pliability. Yes, Paul. Eli's longest run of his career was eighteen. Philip Rivers' longest run of his career eighteen yards. Yeah. Wow. Eli's jersey number. Oh no, that was his brother eighteen. Yes, Todd. No, I was going to say Eli was number ten. Okay, thank you. You figured that out. Thank on you your so own. very much. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Thank you so much. Longest run for Ben Roethlisberger. Wow, Ooh. he does smoke all these guys. I'm going to say 33 yards. 31 yards, and Ben has one, six carries in his career over 20 yards. He's like a breakaway. He's, he's like Reg- dangerous. He's like a Reggie Bush type. He's <laughs> breakaway runner. Yes, McLovin. Eli's college stats are running minus 135 yards at Ole Miss throughout his career. We'll take a break. You, we basically told you nothing. Uh, 20 after the hour. <laughs> I got some Meat Friday songs. Have that for you uh, coming up. And Miles Garrett got reinstated. Why did he get reinstated? And there's still that it, that little issue of the racial slur, apparently, by Mason Rudolph that we never quite got firmed up here. Yeah, Paul. Lamar Jackson ran for more yards in the first eight games of this year than Phillip Rivers ran for in 18 seasons. Yeah, but Brady's a 1,000-yard rusher. In, in 20 years. Yes, but he ran for 1,000 yards. He can say, I'm a 1,000-yard rusher. Did he have to pull himself out of yes, the game he or did. something? <laughs> no, he said to the official, hey, I'm going to take a knee, but I want to take a knee forward so you don't dock me a yard or two. Yeah, he, need, he kneeled <laughs> forward to make sure that it stayed intact. All right, we'll take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. That is what NetSuite by Oracle is set out to solve because most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, and that's why many businesses fail. The question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers at your fingertips? Now, I've never run a business, but you know we work on kind of a small business here, and we all make sure Dan has all the information he needs. It's huge. Now, serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances all in one place in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash Patrick. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash Patrick. Again, that's netsuite.com slash Patrick. You got to have all the information right in front of you. Go to netsuite.com slash Patrick. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Got some Meat Friday songs. How's the poll question results there, McLevin? Uh, we still have up, uh, if you were Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, what would you do? Stay in the NFL as offensive coordinator or go take the Colorado head job? Now 68% say stay at Kansas City. 
Well, it, it's really what he wants. I know that we want to project and go, you should take this. You're never going to get another opportunity. It's, it's one thing to go back to your alma mater, and, and it sounds great, but I always look at it and go, never hire somebody you can't fire. And if you're Colorado, St. John's with Chris Mullen, Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, you know, when the Lakers hired Magic Johnson to coach, like you're going to get to that point where you might have to fire somebody. If Eric Bieniemy feels like he wants to be an NFL coach, feels like he's done enough to be an NFL coach, I hope he gets that opportunity. Uh, I hope the resume is impressive enough. His resume is as impressive, if not more so, than Cliff Kingsbury. And Cliff Kingsbury was going to get the USC offensive coordinator job based off of nothing. And then he got the head coaching job based off of nothing. A substandard coaching career. Yeah, McLevin. I mean, is the Rooney rule working in the NFL? That's Goodell addressed that pretty no, it's extensively not. the other day. But if Eric Bieniemy got a job, would we say the Rooney rule is working? Like the same rule. I, I think it's tricky when you say, you know, it's not working. If 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 Eric Bieniemy got fired, would people say it's not working? Now, I would say it's not working because it's one thing to say, oh, you're not qualified to be a head coach. Are you qualified to be an offensive or defensive coordinator? Are you hiring minorities to be in those positions, to give them that opportunity? That's where it starts, because if you get a coordinator job, that next step, I mean, look at what happened with the Cleveland Browns. Did Freddie Kitchens deserve that job to be the head coach? And the answer is no, he did not. Now, he might have grown into it and been successful. I don't know, but he didn't. You can't sit there and go, boy, he spent his time. Boy, he's done some great things on a big stage here. Eric Bieniemy, I don't know him. I remember when he played, but I don't know. I, I know that he's in a pretty important position for a team that just won the Super Bowl. So that has to matter for something. I've said this. I, I continue to say it. Not everybody's meant to be a head coach. Some guys are just great coordinators. Like, I don't know if Josh McDaniels is a, is a great head coach. He didn't do well his first time. Maybe he's just a great offensive coordinator. Yes, he. But you're, I mean, the Chiefs are on the verge of what some people are calling a dynasty, yeah. right? Where you, you have all of the pieces put in place and you have a quarterback. And dynasties always lead to head coaching jobs. Yes. Why, why would you walk away from that? But I don't know what he wants and when he wants. He's 50. Now do you take that job where now I have a place where I'm now in charge, and if I'm great here, then I'll get that opportunity to coach in the NFL. I, I don't know what his mindset is, but I think at age 50 is I haven't had a head coaching job, and I'm 50. That's where you start to get a little nervous here. But if you said, what would I do? I could go back to my alma mater if I went to Colorado, or I could stay with the Chiefs. I'd stay with the Chiefs for another year. Because I... Like, I already have a built-in offense that's going to be talked about. I, I have a, an unbelievable offense. I might get one more ring here, and then maybe you get a better coaching job. Maybe you get – because that's another thing. You're going to go to Colorado. How much can you succeed at Colorado? Or if you're going to go and you're going to coach, a, you know, a substandard team in the NFL, how successful are you going to be? Yeah, Paul. And if you're the enemy, you look at the guy before you, Matt Nagy, 
Matt Nagy didn't uh, succeed with the team as offensive coordinator. and take, He didn't go back and take the Delaware job, his alma mater. He went to the Bears. Yeah. He got the Bears job, which I know they're not great, but that's a prime franchise. Bienemy's like, hey, just because Colorado's a nice landing spot doesn't mean that that's where I should be. I should be coaching a team. I just won the Super Bowl. Well, also, we want the, we want the story that we can write. Oh, Eric Bienemy's going back to his alma mater. Okay. But to me, I would stay with Kansas City another year. Now you might miss out on your alma mater, but you might be missing out too on another, you know, being a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, McLovin. There's one small tricky thing I could be totally wrong. I feel like the teams that go to the Super Bowl, their assistants lose out on jobs all the time because owners are eager to get that guy in there yeah. and get staffs hired. Yeah. I feel like BNB almost went too far this year. Might have hurt him a little bit. Maybe that's crazy. I thought they were changing that window but to be you, able to interview. You can interview, but they can't pull the trigger until you're out. I don't know. It just feels like a lot of times it gets way pushed back. The NFL reinstated Miles Garrett. And um, you go back to the incident. That was November 14th. NFL suspends him indefinitely November 15th. Appeals his suspension, has a hearing. And then uh, November 20th, Mason Rudolph makes a prepared statement. Uh, one of the questions he was asked, uh, did you say anything to escalate the situation? His answer is definitely didn't say anything. And then it's reported that Miles Garrett heard Mason Rudolph use a racial slur against him. He vehemently denied that. Miles Garrett doubles down on Twitter that evening when he said, I was assured that the hearing was space that afforded the opportunity to speak openly and honestly about the incident that led to my suspension. This was not meant for public dissemination, nor would it, was it a convenient attempt to justify my actions or restore my image in the eyes of those I disappointed. I know what I heard. Whether my opponent's comment was born out of frustration or ignorance, I cannot say. But his actions do not excuse my lack of restraint in the moment. I truly regret the impact that this has had on the league, the Browns, and our devoted fans. He stands by the accusation. Mason Rudolph stands by his denial. Okay, one of the two should be really upset. One of the two should be going after the other one. Or demanding, Miles Garrett should say, I demand the NFL do something with Mason Rudolph. I know what I, if he truly believes this, if I'm Mason Rudolph and I didn't say anything, I am angry. I, I would have a hard time going, all right, I'm, I just won't, I'm not going to talk about that. If somebody says you're a racist, it's really hard to have a comeback when you go, no, I'm not. So what's Mason Rudolph say? No, I'm not. Or I didn't say anything. Miles Garrett says he heard something. Okay. One of the two is not telling the truth. Or they misheard. But that's not what he said. He said, I, I heard it. Yes. Yeah, I think it, it's pretty possible that both people are sure they're right. I mean, Mason Rudolph may not have said anything, and Miles Garrett could very well be positive that he heard him say something. And you know, both of neither are both wrong or are both right there. You know what I mean? He thinks he heard that. Oh, so Mason Rudolph maybe didn't say that, but in in Miles Garrett's mind, he heard something different than maybe what Mason Rudolph said. Right. Okay. So I think it's very possible that Miles uh, Garrett is po is positive that he heard that, but maybe it was something else. Mm. You know, I don't know that one of them is deliberately lying right now. Yeah. I'd be mad though. If I'm Mason Rudolph and you're going to accuse me of that, I'm angry. 
That's going to stay with you. That'll stay with him. That this doesn't necessarily stay with Miles Garrett. What stays with him is that he bonked him over the head with his helmet. All right. We lighten the mood a little bit here. Mager, uh, the uh, Traeger Meat Friday songs. Uh, let me see. Let me start with Louie in California. Here's Louie and his Traeger Meat Friday song. Pearl Jam there. Sounds like Scott Stapp from Creed singing <laughs> Pearl Jam a little bit. Was there. it? We don't know he didn't. Oh, I don't know that. Got free time. Yeah. Under the uh, disguise of Louie in California. Here's Dustin in Pennsylvania with his take on a uh, Justin Bieber song. For all that time that you wasted my marinade, <laughs> my old grill deserves a shower of shame. You try to feed me salads, girl, I just want steaks. You think all grills are just the same? Well, they ain't. And I didn't want to cook no more. Cause I didn't want anyone thinking I can't grill, I can. But that old grill messed my game up. Now it's Friday and the Traeger's on. And I think we should cook something. Ribs may be a full rack. We'll drink Golden Roads a six pack. Cause it's Meat Friday and there's plenty for everyone. When you use wood pellets, the flavor's never wrong. All right, that's Dustin in Pennsylvania. Once again, if you send in a Traeger Meat Friday song one minute or less, because Mario and Two Days, they're not putting up with anything more than that. It just has to be short. doesn't have to be good. <laughs> it just, just has to be short. That's, that's our rules around here. Here's Colton in Ohio. This is a story of a grill that found a home in the town of Milford. And while it cooks so well for the whole staff, it's absolutely Traeger on Meat Friday. How many days in the week? Till Friday's here, it's pretty much bleak. All I want's a good sear. This wood fire grill is always for real. Now it's about the plating. Eating the steak during the break of the show, drinking that golden road beer. When you have a Traeger, say, how could you lose? This grill makes every meal a buffet. <laughs> Stay in your lane when it comes to Green Day. Man, Whoa! this grill made a really That's a Colton in Ohio. We got one more here. Brian in New York, and this is a takeoff on a song that Fritzy, I'm sure, is going to love, the artist. We're no strangers to drivers. Got to me, and so do I. The trigger grill is what I'm thinking of. I wouldn't share me with any other guy. And if I just told you 
Just got Rick rolled there. Yeah. Rick Rick Astley. Never going to give meat up. I like it. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll uh, come back. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. Last call for phone calls. Wrap things up right after this here on the Dan Patrick Show. It's the greatest time of the year in sports. NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and of course, supporting. And now back to the show. Oh, the plot thickens. The Yankees reliever, Araldus Chapman, joined the chorus of players criticizing the Astros for stealing signs. This according to Buster Olney of the Mothership. Speaking through an interpreter, he called Jose Altuve's actions at the end of the 2019 ALCS series a little suspicious. Uh, Chapman said, now of course he threw the pitch that uh, Altuve hit a home run. I've seen that video. A lot of people have seen that video. It's a popular video right now. And yeah, if you look at his actions, they look a little suspicious. At the end of the day, I just don't know. I can't tell you if he had the signs, didn't have the signs, I don't know. That's a good question for him and for those guys, I just don't know. Goes on to say he was disappointed in, uh, with that situation. Um, that, uh, let, me, let me bring back the owner, Jim Crane, because... He doesn't think that what the Astros did had an impact on them winning the World Series. This is really standing out. You know, the, the players did everything they could do is just to get in and get out, you know. But, you know, you got caught. And, of course, you know, they learned from this and they apologize and they're remorseful. You know, nobody said, hey, you know what? If baseball wants us to give back our World Series, we will. No. But then you had an owner, Jim Crane, who said this. Mr. Crane, what do you have to say to the Yankees and teams that you beat in 17? Listen, the, the Yankees have had a few comments out there. Um, you know, our opinion is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. And then four minutes later, he said this. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah, we... Oh, yeah, Just say, look, we're sorry, uh, but uh, we apologize, and, and we'll try to represent this great city and this franchise and the great game of baseball in the proper way as we move forward. 
But if it didn't impact you, didn't help you, then why'd you fire your manager? Which would have been my next question. So why'd you fire your manager? Why did you fire your GM if it didn't help you? Why did they cheat if it didn't help? Yeah, Paul. Do you guys find it fascinating that such a high percentage of billionaire team owners are horrendous public speakers? Not all of them. Like Mark Cuban's glib. He can talk with anybody. There's others that are glib and can handle things. But it seems like a majority of these guys, when they get in front of a camera, they, they lock up. And they had they trip over their own words. Well, I always wonder sometimes when I hear these owners, and I go, how did you make your billion? Because when they get in front of the camera and they start speaking about the actual team or the product that they bought, they, they don't sound like they know what they're talking about. Or you question, how did you make all your money? If you have a strategy session, which I'm, I'm assuming the Astros did, who doesn't say to Jim Crane, here's 10 questions you may get. Let's figure out how to answer them. This happens all the time. This happens in politics where you have a candidate. Maybe there's something tricky. Maybe something that happened. Maybe you said something 25 years ago. Whatever it is, let's go over what you're going to say. Hey, Jim, how did this impact you guys winning the World Series? Look, I, I don't know how much it did. I'm sorry it happened, uh, but trust me, we're moving on and, and, and we will represent this great game in the proper way. I guarantee that. But, but you can't say the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees have said some things out there. What does that mean? Yeah, they've said something, some things out there. Okay. Yeah, Paul. How do you think Garrett Cole feels today or when he goes to the clubhouse? Does he get any type of cold shoulder? He's went from the Astros to the Yankees. Does he have to deal Cole, with Cole shoulder? Cole shoulder. Okay. There you go. I see it. I but, see that. If, I mean, if I'm I know the he's a Yankees, pitcher. if I'm the Yankees, I I would hope that you get a chance to talk to Garrett Cole. Might be awkward, but just so we have some clarification here. What were we up against? Do you think Altuve knew what pitch was coming from Aroldis Chapman? <laughs> like <laughs> who was wired up is man I don't know Garrett Cole I don't know if the Yankees like who would be that guy that would go up to him and say hey help us understand this all right you know so we can move forward with this just help us understand what did you guys know and when did you know it yeah Paul what if Garrett Cole gets like uh, cornered by his teammates and he says you know I'm just looking forward to the 2020 <laughs> season if anyone was offended Hey, it didn't impact us. Yeah. It didn't help us win the World Series. I'm just here to help the Yankees. <laughs> this day in sports history. By the way, uh, Toronto Raptors, Pascal Siakam is going to join us. What's his nickname, McLevin? Isn't he Spicy P? I think. <laughs> <laughs> what is that based on, though? I, I have no idea. I, I heard McLevin go, oh, we got Spicy P on tomorrow. And I went, Pascal Siakam? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. It's definitely spicy P. No one knows why, according to Twitter. Well, wait a minute. I guess I got to ask him. Well, how did Pascal you... P. It's got a spicy but what's game. This... Spicy game. Spicy game. Who has ever been described as having a spicy game? Pascal Siakam, I guess. Apparently. <laughs> spicy P will join us on the program tomorrow. This day in sports history, Paulie? 1937, the NFL's Boston Redskins moved to Washington. Should have changed the name right there and then and say mm. decades of problems. Uh, 1977, Dr. J. Julius Irvin played in his first NBA All-Star game. He was voted MVP with 30 points mm. and 12 rebounds. Julius Irvin.
Irving, that, that famous PA announcer for the uh, 76ers. One last one. 2008, yep. Roger Clemens denied having taken performance-enhancing drugs in his testimony before Congress. Mm. So he's looking forward to the 2020 season. <laughs> no matter what year it is, yeah. you just say you're looking forward to the 2020 season. No matter what happens. Like Bill Belichick next year? I'm just looking forward no, to I'm just uh, looking forward to the 2020 season. Spring training. Hey, uh, Tom Brady's not your quarterback anymore. Uh, you want to talk about your role in him leaving? I'm just here to talk about 2020 season. Stealing uh, signs had no uh, impact on us. <laughs> Todd, what did you learn on today's program? I learned that you believe Jameis Winston's interception issues are more due to his decision-making, less his eyesight. Yeah, I don't think. He did not make that excuse, though. Okay, I just want people to know that he got Lasix, but he's he's not saying my poor eyesight is the reason why I threw 30 interceptions. McLovin. According to Jim Crane, the sign ceiling did or did not make an impact? I never said that. I never said that. <laughs> you said it. You said it. No, you said it. Is it me? It's him. It's him. I didn't say it. Seton O'Connor, what did you learn today? The uh, PR department over there in Houston could use a little help. Yeah, I think so. Each alley. Paulie? Whoever told Jameis Winston to get LASIK after this season has great comedic timing. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank you. Like Jeff Ross. Very much. <laughs> Todd, what did I learn? Alabama took 59 three-point shots last night versus the Auburn Tigers. What? What we learned brought to you by 1-800-Flowers. Valentine's is right around the corner. you got to get this started right now. An amazing offer on beautiful Valentine's bouquets and arrangements. To order, go to 1-800-Flowers. you got to do it today. Big days tomorrow. Good luck. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. 